go take a look at uh, what I just want. <coughs> God damn it. <laughs> COVID. No COVID. Creating the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. Freddie Wolf. Yeah, kickstart for 822-2022. There's numbers for you again. I'm just going to keep saying like that. Numbers, numbers. 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 Well, we're, after we're done recording this kickstart, we're going to start recording for September. And like we mentioned, we have some interesting movies and some of them you think that we would never cover. And that's the whole point <laughs> for the month is things that you would never expect Crying the garage to cover and that's what we're covering and we're off to a bang <laughs> and you'll hear that on uh september 1st uh, if you're a patreon you'll hear it a couple of days early so you're gonna get your september episode before it's september if you're on patreon uh, 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 uh-huh. i really p- need to get like a branding sponsorship thing where you know sponsored by paramount plus because two of my movies that i wanted to talk about two of the things i want to talk about this week are on paramount plus one of them is the prequel to Orphan, Orphan First Kill. And if anybody's a fan of Orphan, what a fucking wacky movie that was. This is next level wacky. I mean, I'm so impressed that somebody was willing to put the money in for this one because it is so nutty. I don't want to talk about it too much because I just want to say, hey, it's on Paramount Plus streaming right now. It doesn't cost you anything if you already have a subscription. And if you haven't figured it out by now or haven't heard us talk about it, it just tells me you haven't listened to the episode, an episode of our show before. If you'd ever heard us say Paramount Plus is the best streaming platform out there, it is, period. Yeah, where you been? If you're, and if you're NFL fans and you're getting ready for uh, you know, the new season coming up, shit. They're going to have every, and Paramount Plus has, gives you your local live CBS or whatever your regional coverage is for NFL on NFL Sunday. You're going to get those live games. That's fucking cool. Here I am being a commercial again. Anyway. Yeah, totally. It's okay, man. Orphan First Kill rocks. It's fucking fun. It's exactly what you hope it would be. And I, I'm not going to fall into that, that, that trap that people are falling into and saying, man, I wish this was uh, in the theater. Well, it's okay. The way it works the intimacy of watching it at home actually plays better, I would think. Yeah, and then I'll get to my other one in a second, but I feel like it's going to turn to another Paramount Plus commercial. But that last week I watched that South Park 25th anniversary concert again. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, but I watched it a second time. and It's even better the second time. But I realized that I hadn't watched the two-part streamer wars, as they called it, that South Park did. So I watched those after that, at that second viewing of the concert. Man, I don't know. Trey and Matt are just guys that will target anybody. Everybody, you know, they're equal opportunity offenders. Nobody is safe from them, not even themselves. I mean, so they take a lot of shots at themselves. But what was funny about the streamer wars thing, you hear streamer wars and you think, oh, it's about <laughs> the fact that there's all these streaming platforms. Everyone's trying to, you know, trying to one up somebody else in another, another platform. The streamer wars in this context is, it's, 
the subtext is about the actual video streaming platforms, but the on uh, the top layer is if you've been watching the show at all the last three seasons, there's two pot farms on the show now. Randy's got one and Token's dad has the other. And so there's water coming through there. So it becomes a streaming thing where the, the water coming through, there's not, because of global warming, there's not enough snow to make more water. So this became this thing like who, was, who, has the, who has the rights to the water when it's at a certain point in the stream because it's their property. Because <laughs> this whole stupid thing. But it comes with the what it leads to, and this is why I'm kind of mentioning it right now, the water park that they have there. And the the water park is owned by this hardcore Italian stereotype. His name's Pee. So Pee has this water park. Now, it, it's not hard to figure this out, but I'm gonna spell it. Why would you it. go to a water park by a guy with a guy named Pee? You're in South Park, man. If you're still living in South Park, you kind of just accept things for being what they are. You know what's and, funny, man, is I was thinking about it after we talked after last week. I, I'm so I full disclosure. I have not seen an episode of South Park since Chef died. <laughs> well, Whatever season that was. Do but they've they've had some incredible seasons. Like they had like two or three seasons where where they were they they weren't one offs. Every and that's the thing about the show. It's always been one offs. But there was two seasons in a row where they had a through line. They were they were the whole season was one big story. It was a very they never said anything in dialogue, but it was kind of a taking a shot at limited series on streamers and stuff. I thought that was kind of funny. Would the thing that hit me. And it wasn't until halfway through the episode of the first part with, with the whole PP's water park. He's got the plot to steal everybody's water. He does this whole underhanded thing. And the thing that's funny about it is it didn't, again, halfway through, it hit me that PP water park is Paramount Plus. Uh. <laughs> it didn't, and here is the show existing only on Paramount Plus. This, and it's basically making fun of the thing that you're watching. It took me a good 25 minutes in the episode before I kind of clicked with that. But it's this dumb little subtle things like that, that you see repeat viewings of a lot of their stuff that makes you just go, dude, those guys are fucking off the rockers. Watching the, the, the concert again was really cool. And it just made me want to get back in the show again. And those, if you haven't seen those streamer wars things, you got, they're, they, they are missing the, the context if you not, if you don't know that Randy and tokens dad are pot farmers now. So if you haven't seen those previous seasons, you're like, wait, they're selling weed have weed farms now. It's yeah. If you, if you're not in there for that, then it's a little bit, I mean, it's not, you can't overcome it. It's just, there's a lot of really funny stuff in between and a lot of, yeah, I just, uh, not, not because I don't didn't, not because I fell out. There's, I just literally uh, was looking back and I'm like, fuck, there's like 12. There's like probably when did chef die? Like 2008. It's like 14 years ago. You have some of the best, best seasons still ahead of you if you want to watch because that's what's fucked, dude. One of the cool things that caught me when I was watching the concert was, and I guess I saw, but really didn't connect, click with me until the second time I'd watched it. And it's Trey's acknowledgement of the South Park team, which they were at Red Rocks also. And he points, points them out to him a couple of times. And he gets super like misty. Like, yeah, he gets a little emotional about it. I mean, come on. They get to come back home and perform songs from this thing that came out of nowhere. One of the one of the best things about it is the songs in it. And I didn't mention this before. I figured after a week it might be fair to mention this now. There was like four different versions, maybe five different versions of the South Park theme that they play. 
Like because that thing that you hear at the end when they're showing the credits, that was the original thing that Les Claypool sent them. And they said, hey, can you make it a little faster? We can't have it that big. And he goes, why don't you speed it up? So when you when you hear the opening of South Park, it is that that track at the end. It's just sped up. <laughs> I didn't know that. I never it never clicked with me because they layer stuff on top of on the oh on the opening song. So it isn't just the ending thing. They do that and they stack stuff on top of it. That's why they kind of hide it and you almost don't you can't tell. But once they played it live, I'm like, fuck, how did I not see that before? I had such a weird, bizarre week. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple vampire films that are, are currently streaming on Netflix. Um, you know, one of them being uh, Day Shift. That one? Which, uh, the one that, yes. that one, Day Shift is one of them with uh, Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco and Snoop Dogg. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know Dave Franco was in it. I just. Yeah. No, no, Dave Franco. I mean, look, here's the thing. It's it's mildly enjoyable. I've, um, I've heard what I've heard. It kind of made me want to watch From Dust Till Dawn to Blood Money, Texas Blood Money. From my, my, like when I saw the trailer the first time, or like, no, I didn't see a trailer. I didn't see a full trailer. I intentionally didn't watch a full trailer. It was the autoplay during. Yeah, uh, during the, yes, yeah, on Netflix. And I'm like going, is this like a cross between Blade and, and John Carpenter's Vampires? Because that's what it looked like. It kind of is. It, it has those sensibilities. I mean, look, it, it's definitely a, B movie, but it's a real fun B movie, you know, and, and they know they're making a B movie. Nobody's like, you know, no one's like, we're made. Nobody's taking themselves serious at all, which is great because they're playing it for what it is. They're playing it straight, which makes it better. In, in the absurdist world of vampires, there's two <laughs> kind of vampire movies. The, the, the one we're talking about next is the other kind. Uh, but this movie has got a lot, you know, it's, it's a cousin to the From Dust Till Dawn or near, I don't want to say Near Dark obviously, because that's a whole nother kind of vampire movie. Right. But this, this definitely has that from dust till dawn, you know, it, it could, it, it could easily slip into, you know, uh, being a from dust till dawn sequel, spinoff, whatever you want it to be. Right. Um, but it's good. It's good fun. I, I you know, I was like skeptical. I, I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's going to be, how good could this be? And it was better than I, it was better than I imagined it would be. It's, right. it's actually quite a lot of fun. I, I don't want to give too much away there's some funny, there's some real funny bits in it. All the actors are good. Megan Good shows up, who I love. I She's love Megan wonderful, Good. wonderful, man. You know, Snoop Dogg, like I said, Snoop Dogg shows up. I think, I think Scott Adkins shows up at one point. Peter Stormari shows up, you know. So you're getting all the, you know, you, you can tell by the pieces that they've assembled in this that uh, it's just going to be fun. And it, and it really is. And it's nothing but fun. You know, the writing's not going to win like an Oscar, obviously, but who cares? Because those movies make me want to take a nap usually, but this is a good. Uh, it's just under two hours too, so it's it's. There's not a bunch they could have cut out of this. It's actually and it, and it moves really well too, so it doesn't seem like you're you know it's an hour and fifty five minutes. It doesn't seem like it. It was entertaining, fun, especially with zero expectations. It 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 it, it exceeded my expectations, <laughs> which were zero. So that being said, let's move on to the next movie. Uh, the next film. Night Teeth, uh, Adam Randall's movie Night Teeth. Uh, you know, again, it's not that it's unfun, but it's it's more of like a sort of. It reminds me of those Brian. Did you ever read those Brian Lumley novels? They were real popular in the early '90s. No. Or Nancy Collins stuff. No. Sunglasses After Dark, the Sonia Blue. But so this is sort of this is kind of got a little bit of uh, Blade storyline kind of vibe and you know underworld 
vampires warring with one another. And right. this deals with a, you know, a kid who uh, is moonlighting as a chauffeur. He picks these women up and he, they, they have a the list of places they need to hit before sunup. It's non-negotiable, blah, blah, blah. Obviously they're vampires. Right. And, and you know, it, it all takes place in one night in Los Angeles. Again, it's, it's, it's entertaining, right? Um, but it's, it's totally the other kind of vampire movie. This is, you know, it's pretty people, scantily clad, leather clad, all of the above. Right. It has a certain kin more to the like underworld sort of vibe with minus the martial arts. It's got a little, it, it reminded me of, uh, the way the sort of the design and the, and the lighting, the way it looks, it, it kind of has that sort of the best of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right pieces going on and 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 the girls are great the two girls yep the two vampires uh they're they're great debbie ryan and sydney sweeney <laughs> if you guys watch euphoria you know i'm a big fan of it sydney sweeney is one of the main uh, women on the show she's fantastic in this too i love night teeth you know i i kind of crossed it out between like you said between underworld and collateral yeah it's it's kind of yes the collateral comparison a hundred percent yeah I, it's super, it's a super fun movie. Like you said, it's not, the, it's not anything that you've seen before. I guess if you want to create a subgenre of it, I don't even know what you would categorize, but yeah, it it borrows enough to, to make it super enjoyable, but also it has its own little things. It's little things. It's little, but that's what yeah. you have to, at this point, you have to be able to just do a little bit of your own thing. It definitely has its own, it has its own identity, which is cool. Also, you know, taking place in Los Angeles and I'm a, a big fan of, you know, movies that take place in Los Angeles. I'm also a big fan of movies that take place over one night. And, and this one kind of does both of those things. Um, the other girl, Lucy Fry, yeah. plays Zoe. Yeah. She's great. I don't know that I'd seen her in anything, but I really, you know, I'll look for her going forward. I'll look for her in other things because I, I thought she was really good. I know it's, it may sound weird to some people that we're covering horror movies right now and granted this one came out last october but the jamie fox flick just came out just this past week yeah the 12th just like just like orphan the orphan prequel did how cool is it they're putting out these movies in august instead of waiting right instead of dropping them like so you have a build up <laughs> right the most obvious time but i think they're starting to realize that if they're going to go streaming only in case netflix is always streaming only unless they're pushing for oscars you have this thing now where you have total control over it. And if nothing else is coming out, then drop it when you want to drop it. Right. And you don't have to worry about another streaming platform like stealing your thunder. I think with with the last Halloween movie, excuse me, the last Halloween movie of this trilogy coming up in October, I think maybe people just want to avoid being anywhere near it. Just because, I mean, if you put on the, you don't want to spend all that P&A money just to have that movie, you know, regardless of how bad the last one was or in how bad the previous one was, people are still going to go see it, especially now because there's probably, people are probably feeling more comfortable going now than even just last October. Right. So I, it, I think it's, I think it's going to do brutal, brutal business at the box office. So it's nice when that kind of thing forces people to put out stuff. I mean, look, I hate that they only put these kind of movies out generally late September and October. I hate that shit. I'm like, you're not going to put out a comedy, you know, in February or March just because of comedy. You put out when the fuck you want. I don't understand why the genre has to be so pigeonholed because everybody out here that listens to the show that watches horror movies, they watch that shit all the time. Shit, I just did a rewatch of Midnight Mass this week. <laughs> you know, I don't, I just watched the Orphan movie yesterday. I don't give a shit. I don't. So 
Yeah, look, I just it depends on how I feel, what I want to watch. It doesn't, it, you know. Right. I watched these because I came across, and I was looking for something to, that I could put on, you know, to sort of break the streaming chain in the background of uh, Forged and <laughs> Fire that I had going on. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of episodes of Forged and Fire, by the way. I think most most of the audience likes the movie, but I think it didn't fare well with with. Um, I'm finger quoting here, critics. Yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed that the critics have like even got they, they, there's this fucking sports center cynicism that I just fucking can't get over anymore. It's just irritating, and it spills over into I I I heard a recent podcast that got turned on to me because of a an Instagram ad, and there's these three dudes and I'm not going to identify them. You know what I'm talking about because I shared it with you and one or two other people out there know what I'm talking about all they do is shit on stuff. And it's like, what's the point of a, of a, of the podcast? Like, that? it's like, and it's always prefaced by, you know, I'm big fans of Keanu Reeves and then they just fucking tear whatever it is apart. And I'm like, I don't understand that kind of, yeah, it's that it's again, I blame sports center. It's that whole cynicism tone. And that just carried right into that toxic vibe that you get on the internet. Now it's just, it's just anyway, Look, we we have our moments where we're where we look, dude. I'm as snarky as the next guy. Yes, but, it's you like know. if you don't know it, if you don't know that about us, we are. But the thing is that every movie that we've ever watched and covered, no matter how much we loved it or how much we loathed it, we always recognize the good points of it because there's always good points of any movie that we watch. It's just first of all, the fucker got made. Nobody sets sets out to make a bad movie, right? You don't, right? You don't you don't set out and go, I'm going to make the worst movie ever. That's my goal. Nobody ever does that. Yeah. So, you know, like it's one of those things I was talking to somebody about this earlier. This some of the parts is better than the finished product, right? right. Like, and, and that happens a lot. Right. It just does. Like, even a movie that you dislike has elements in it that that work and they work well. But sometimes you make a bad batch of brownies, dude, and you don't get high or you get too high. <laughs> I'm just, you know. <laughs> It's just a reminder to mix up your ingredients better next time. It, it's just, it's just, yes. It's just read the fucking directions. Follow the directions. Oh shit! I think sometimes that we don't want to, you know, gum up the an episode by saying that statement all the time. But I think people that listen to our show enough know that we are like that. But that's why I think that people enjoy our conversations because they're very similar to the conversations they have with their friends because. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is a perfect movie. It just is. It's a fucking masterclass from script to final mix, all of it. But you don't don't think for one second I don't recognize the 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 flubs and the scrubs. But then they made it better. It's called Temple of Doom. Stop it. I'm being serious. I love Temple of Doom. I watch it. I'll watch it three times before I watch you do the other ones. Well, so. I, the way I look at this, I can watch, and then we talked about this before on the show. I love Last Crusade more than I love. Temple of Doom, but I love, but I watch, even though they're considered a trilogy, it's the same thing with, with the original Star Wars trilogy. I like Empire better than Star Wars. I just, it's just a better movie. And if you watch, go back and watch the original Star Wars again, that shit's clunky as fuck. Do I like it less than I did when I was seven? I'm like, yeah, I was fucking seven. <laughs> I was, you know, you can't get more impressionable than that. Something made me want to make movies and that was the movie. So I'm always going to have an affection for it, but Empire's a better movie across the board. But I think... Uh, the thing about, I love about Temple of Doom is I like the horror aspect of it. I like how they kind of went, it was so fucking mean-spirited too. Fuck, dude, that whole, 
you know, talking about the India slavery thing, that was just fucking rough, dude. But also it has one of the best openings of any movie of the eighties. Dude, seriously. I was talking about the opening of something else too. What the fuck was it? Oh, the opening of our movie that we're covering next week. I thought the, the opening of the movie was uh, the first seven minutes of the movie were the best part of it. But, and we'll get to it when you'll hear the episode. And another thing that happened last week that, that finally got something beyond just the teaser for Netflix is Wednesday. Oh, yeah, man. Okay. I've said it on this show ad nauseum. I'm going to say it again. Just this year alone, I think Jenna Ortega is fucking one of the best young actresses out there right now. Holy shit. When she got cast to play Wednesday in this, I thought, fucking A. And then the rest of the cast listing started coming out. Did you see the, the teaser prior to this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is the first one that shows everybody that's in the movie other than just Jenna. Catherine Zeta-Jones is playing Morticia and Louise Guzman is playing Gomez. Gomez. And people have been losing their shit about Louise Guzman. I'm like, have you guys never looked at Charles Adams' original comics? He Gomez looks just like him. And by the way, his name is fucking Gomez. <laughs> Did you ever see the weird animated uh, Scooby-Doo Adam's family mashup. Right. But that's what I mean. That's, but that's the, that's most yeah. like Charles Adams' original comic yeah, strip. Yeah. That's the way he's drawn in the, yes. the way he's drawn even in the Scooby Doo episode. He's yeah. drawn like Louis Guzman. Yeah. It's fucking great, dude. It's perfect casting. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, man. Stop complaining. Just enjoy it. It's just ridiculous. And it looks fucking amazing. And the, that moment in the trailer where, ugh, dude, you know the moment, right? Just, the introduction to seeing Wednesday and watching every all her her classmates look at her just kind of part the Red Sea as she's walking down the hallway. And you don't, you know she's carrying something, but you can't see what it is. And it's, I don't want to give anything away. It's just, it's a fun trailer. It's a great tease. It's going to be on Netflix. I think it premieres. I don't know. September, I think. September, end of September. They're still kind of loosey about it. They're still saying. They're like it's four weeks out yeah. once they drop a real trailer. So. Yeah. And Christina Ricci has been confirmed to have a, a big part in it too, which is great. And it, it basically, as someone described, it's not a limited series. It's a, it's like a, an eight hour Tim Burton movie now. So, oh, so it's just two Tim Burton movies put together. Right. Exactly. <laughs> to close this out, a little throwback action that we started last week. Rear view, mirror, review. Putting, I put something on the other night just because I just wanted something in the background. And then I ended up watching far more of it than I wanted to. It was on Freebie. It still is. Yay, Freebie. Freebie, baby. It's uh, 2001, Ronnie Yu's Formula 51. Love. <laughs> With uh, yes. Sam Jackson, Robert Carlyle, Emily Mortimer, yep. and the late, great Meatloaf. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Man, I hadn't seen this movie since it came out. And I remember, you know, my dad was a big fan of it. And I remember liking, I liked it enough. I thought it was okay, but it was never anything I thought, you know, twice about. Like, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> Having it on in the background and then sort of it, 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 it was enough to catch my attention to literally make me sit and watch the rest of the movie. You know, it's kind of wacky and it's all over the place. I mean, Ronnie Yu is a, is a fun Hong Kong action director. Who's made a, you know, I think then even, did he direct a Chucky movie at one point? Yeah, he did Bride and he also did Freddy vs. Jason. Did he Jason. direct Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah, yeah, right, right. He did uh, Bride Chucky and then he did a Chasing Dragon movie, then Formula 51 and then Freddy vs. Jason after that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but Formula 51, man, it, yeah. so it's a fun sort of came on the heels of Guy Ritchie's uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Right. Dying. Robert Carlyle was turning into Michael Caine at that point where he was just like every movie had Robert Carlyle in it. <laughs> if you needed a kind of a fast-talking, interesting-looking Brit, you got Robert Carlyle, yeah. right? But this movie is actually very entertaining. It's funny because I look at the meta score on, on IMDb and it's like 23. I it mean, it's, that's unfair. That's totally unfair. You have to be a real, I mean, in my mind, dude, to, to score a 23, I mean, I mean, what is, what is, I don't even know if I've ever seen anything I would score a 23. If we're going out of a hundred, right? Like if, is this the hundred point rating system? You know, like, so what is a 23? I mean, what's the point of that? Right. <laughs> why, why, why even put up that score? Right. But look, it's a fun movie just to sort of, if you're looking for something to watch and it won't cost you anything. If you have Prime, you have Freebie, give it another look. Uh, you know, I'd be curious what people's thoughts are. So, you know, check it out and hit us back. Yeah. And it's also on Peacock and it's also on more, it's on 2B2. So it's got all those kinds of, so if you don't have, if you have the the ad free Peacock, there's your point. Otherwise the other three services are, you're going to get your ads. Probably, probably the ad breaks will be around the same point. Well, I was going to say like having it on with the ads, it was, it was, it was just kind of streaming in the background and, and having the ads to break it up a little bit, yes, you know, get up and get water and stuff. Yep. It wasn't a bad thing, man. It, it reminded me of like growing up before cable. That's and this, <laughs> and this is what I was going to say something about this. We almost leaned on it a little bit on a previous episode. We were plugging Pluto or Tubi, whatever though. And and just so you know, the Freevee is formerly known as RMDB TV. They rebranded it because it was a little bit confusing. <laughs> yep, fun movie. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Hey, so if you want to support the show on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash KITG podcast. Or if you want to follow the show on Twitter, that's at Karate Pod. Or if you want to follow me, Corey, on Letterbox, that's letterbox.com slash Corey underscore Cole. Fuck something, something like that. I'm doing this all out of order. I'm just doing this to fuck with you, honestly, because <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing today. Yeah. So that's that, I guess. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck. Uh, no, I guess it's not that. Now you fucked me up. If you'd like Twitter. to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram <laughs> or at Tom Cody at letterboxd.com. That's Tom Cody at letterboxd. Tom Cody.